0: I genuinely think the best moment in all of pro wrestling could be the return pop. Nothing gets your goosebumps going like hearing the music of a forgotten hero before everyone in the crowd goes nuts. It's something only wrestling can pull off, and when it all comes together, it can be perfect. It gives me chills just thinking about it. However, what happens when it goes wrong or the intended effect is missed by a ma? Well, you get the opposite of all this, namely you want to run and hide in the corner because it's embarrassing for everyone involved. The like drunk aren't at a wedding. I'm Simon from What Culture. This is the ten weakest WWE return pops ever. Number 10, Layla. Nikki Bella had been WWE Divas Champion for just 6 days prior to Extreme Rules 2012 after beating Beth Phoenix, but was left wanting when a kayfabe injury pulled the glamazon out of a rematch. This meant Nikki's opponent was going to be a mystery. So when a familiar theme song hit and out came Layla, who just missed a full year of action after suffering a double ligament tear, you would have expected some kind of reaction. But no, Layla did defeat Nikki on this night and held the Divas title for 140 days, and fortunately did recover some of her lost popularity along the way. But still, this wasn't the best. Number 9. Carlito You do need to have some proper time between breaks if you want that nostalgia pop, so it wasn't that much of a surprise when Carlito returned in November 2009 after only being away for two months and no one cared. It simply wasn't long enough to make it seem like he hadn't just been hanging around backstage. Going down when John Cena was champ and feuding with Sheamus, Cena called out the Irishman but got the apple-spitting warrior instead. Weirdly the crowd still didn't get into it even though he spat fruit all over Cena who did respond by giving him an AA and pinning him clean. Then in May, Carlito was released, I wonder if it was because of the sheer size. That he received here. Number eight, Paul Orndorff. Hulk Hogan's feud with Paul Orndorff is widely regarded as one of the most successful of his first WWE run. Mister Wonderful was one of the era's highest drawing wrestlers, and while his name is rarely mentioned on WWE TV these days, his narcissistic gimmick made him a perfect foil for Hogan's face persona. Orndorff was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2005, but at that time he'd barely been featured in the company at all, even decades. Paul was featured as one of many legends brought in to celebrate Hogan's birthday on an episode of Raw. The crowd went nuts for Piper and Ric Flair, whereas Orndorff's arrival drew absolutely nothing from the fans. The poor guy spent close to a minute trying to whip up some kind of reaction out of them, but he got nothing. WWE's fault as much as anybody else's. This still hurts. Number seven, D'Lo Brown. I really do think D'Lo Brown was one of those wrestlers that never got his due. He was never going to be a main eventer, but he was invaluable as a member of any roster and in the late 90s had that awesome entrance music too. He was great. That didn't stop him from getting released in 2003, but that's why it was exciting when in 2008 he was brought back to make a surprise appearance against then-IC champ Santino Marella. Unfortunately, the fans just didn't give two hoots, I guess because they didn't know who he was. Had been five years after all. Six months later and he was gone again, and for me, this was always a missed opportunity. Number 6. Eric Rowan The Vintner Eric Rowan suffered a torn rotator cuff in October 2016. Doomed to seven months on the sidelines, he sat out much of the Bray Wyatt-Randy Orton storyline before returning two nights after Orton beat Bray in what is one of the worst matches ever at WrestleMania 33. With Orton and Wyatt going at it in the ring, Rowan jumped the barricade, threw the WWE Champion to ringside, and then pulled off his new steampunk-themed mask to reveal his identity, nobody made a peep. It probably didn't help it was obvious who this was, so the surprise was gone straight away, and also, was just Eric Rowan. Which isn't a bad thing, he's really good, but it's not like WWE has treated him well over the years, people just rolled their eyes and moved on. Number 5. Tensai This one is on WWE's shoulders, because TENSAI? TENSAI? What is this, 1985? No. No it's not. It's even worse because the real life Matt Bloom had been tearing up in Japan after his original WWE run, so he should have been given the same opportunity here. Instead, yeah, he was called Tensai and debuted after weeks of vignettes that made it quite clear this gimmick was stupid. Surprise, surprise, the audience didn't care. It plummeted further because they did recognize who this was. They just charted Albert and Shavia back at him for a while as they waited for the next segment to start. It ruined the character before it even begun. Before long, Tensei was in a joke tag team with Brodus Clay, who never forget was a dinosaur. Number four, Christian. Beloved and underrated WWE legend. Christian left the company after declining a new contract offer in 2005. He jumped to TNA shortly afterwards and immediately became one of only a few ex-WWE stars to actually push the company forward. He kicked ass over there before leaving in 2008. He returned to WWE TV as part of the ECW brand, but despite Christian's undeniable popularity during the Attitude Era's heyday, the crowd response was muted. It did change as fans slowly re-warmed up to him, as they should have done to begin with, but the initial reaction was nothing to write home about. Bringing Christian back on Raw or Smackdown would have almost certainly done a bigger reaction. The same goes for entering him in the 2009 Royal Rumble. His run as ECW champion was good for the brand, but from Christian's standpoint, WWE didn't exactly maximise the first few months of that return. Number 3, Evolution. Evolution ruled WWE from 2003 to 2005, but inevitably collapsed when their respective egos could no longer exist. Randy Orton was the first to go, then Batista, before (laughs) Triple H eventually turned on Ric Flair, bringing the group's dominant run to an official end. They came together for a single night in December 2007, but otherwise stayed dormant until April 2015 when the group was reunited daniel Bryan had just defeated all three at wrestlemania 30 so it made sense this trio became one once again they attacked Bryan ahead of a title defense against triple h later that night but the shield jumped the game during the bout sowing the seeds for their return the following week the shield were booked in an 11 on 3 handicap match and when evolution's theme hit across the pa system to underline they were back surely it was gonna get a monster reaction fortunately for them it wasn't the big moment they were hoping for the alabama crowd either didn't remember the group or just didn't care making this one of the most embarrassing comebacks of their respective careers. Number 2. Jake Roberts Jake the Snake Roberts' complete lack of a pop during his old-school Raw return on 6th of January 2014 was unforgivable. Here was one of the greatest heels of all time with an incredible real-life comeback story making his first WWE appearance in 9 years, and the vast majority of the crowd probably didn't even know who he was. The Baltimore fans just didn't recognise how important of a moment this was, and while the announcers and Dean Ambrose marked out for it, most of the audience didn't. The pop was disappointing, but Jake was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame later that year He gave one of the most rousing induction speeches ever at the ceremony, which more than makes up for the reception he received here on Raw despicable. Number 1, Brian Christopher It's easy to forget how popular Too Cool were at the height of their power. Grandmaster Sex A, Scotty Too Hotty, and Rikishi were over like Rover, and some of the reactions they got during the Attitude Era were ridiculous. Sex A returned to WWE television under his original ring name Brian Christopher as a one-off in 2011. He was used as part of the ongoing feud between his father Jerry Lawler and Michael Cole. And wasn't that great. The old Too Cool music hit and Brian strutted out onto the stage like the old Grandmaster. He danced his way down the ramp, probably hoping to draw some nostalgic cheers but he was greeted by a wall of silence. It was a bit of a disappointing day all around because if you would experience the way a crowd popped in the late 90s and early 2000s for him, it was something to look forward to on the card. Sadly, we'll never get a chance to rectify this as Christopher passed away in 2018 in very tragic circumstances. Just goes to show that memories don't last forever and really, that kind of sucks.